Hello, and welcome back to Full Out with Samantha Joe Harvey. It's Sam, your host. What is happening, sister? I am so glad you're joining me for today's conversation. I have my friend Kat Dow on the podcast, who is a family constellation therapy facilitator. And if you don't know what FCT is, don't worry, we talk about it, but it's this super cool modality that blends the brain and energetics. And Kat's just a fucking rock star healer. You're going to love the conversation. We talk about trauma. We talk about ancestral healing and how we have the opportunity and really the gift of being able to heal for our lineage 14 generations back and 14 generations forward. We talk about worthiness. We talk about money. We talk about addiction. We talk about conscious parenting. We literally dive in and go to so many beautiful places. Both Kat and I had tears in our eyes. We had full body chills. It was a really, really cool convo. So I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're taking a listen. If something lands for you, send us a DM. Let us know what you are loving, what insights you get. And if you feel called to, please share it with a friend, share it on social. And what I know to be true is that the more we spread our light, the more we share what lights us up, the more we impact the planet. And we could use a little bit more of that. So without further ado, let's jump in. Here's Kat Dow. All right, Kat, I am so excited to dive in today. You, what I love about you is your presence is so grounding. It's so calming. It's so healing. Like, it's no wonder to me that you are a healer. And I'm just excited to share you with my audience today. Welcome to the Full Out Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm seriously so honored. I love your energy. I love your vibe. I love everything you're about. So it's so fun to have this convo with you. Yay, 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 yay. Well, let's dive in right away. And I always ask people, what does it mean to you to live your life full out? Oh, man. Yeah, I know. We get in right away. (laughs) Yeah. I think the first thing that comes up for me is like truth. Mm. You know, reclaiming your truth is such a huge part of the healing journey, right? No matter if it's ancestral or not, if it's inner child, if it's, you know, parts of you that you're experiencing healing with. I think it's really important to live full out in your truth because when you do, you emit a vibration, an energy, a light that attracts truth with other people. And then you can live your life in a super authentic way where you don't have to worry about misaligning with anything. So full out truth, full out alignment. It's really about being in connection with your truth in yourself. Mm. Yes. I mean, truth and authenticity is so important to me. And I think integrity. And I think that is one of my big, big things. Like if I, it's one thing to know my truth, but it's another thing to live my truth. So if I know something to be true about me, but I'm not willing to take the risks to stand for myself, to speak for myself, to set the boundaries for myself, to live in that authenticity then like, am I actually in alignment? So that's like, I feel like we're going real deep, real fast. (laughs) So good. But you are a family constellation therapy facilitator. You're an incredible healer. And I know we're going to talk about trauma today. I know we're going to talk about healing today, but you mentioned already ancestral healing versus inner child healing and I would love for you to share with the audience just the difference so that we can set some baseline information out there. 
So ancestral healing is looking at what happened to your family and how is it unconsciously happening in you too through loyalty, duty, enmeshment, um, patterns of behaviors, thoughts, beliefs, worthiness, like all of that. So we're looking far back in the lineage to see what traumas are still unconsciously happening in the family system energetically and epigenetically. And then that affects our inner child experience, right? Because we get nurtured into certain things. We biologically identify with certain things. We carry the pain physically, emotionally, spiritually, which affects our inner child experience. And then I'll take it a step further. In an FCT session, I abbreviate family constellation therapy as FCT because it's a mouthful. When, and you experience this in our session together, I ask every client their first time, tell me your childhood story. I don't care about the facts. I don't want to know I was born on this day at this time. And I want to know what is the story that you are replaying in your head that is creating and manifesting the life that you are currently living in your beliefs, your behaviors, your relationships, your job choices, all of the above. And so that's how ancestral healing impacts us is it kind of goes through that ancestral line, inner child experience, zero to 10. And then here we are creating our uh, young adult and adult and mature life from all of those things. I think that is so huge. And I've been doing a lot of ancestral healing over the last year, I would say. It's really been in the forefront for me. And that was also one of the reasons I went to you. And what I loved about our session was immediately you were asking me questions that I had no idea. Like what, when did my parents come or my grandparents come to the US? What was their life like before they came here? What were they experiencing? Were they dealing with World War II things, like things that I just had never had in my consciousness. And not only did our session do incredible things, but it also opened up conversation with my mom and my really about you know, my grandparents, what their experience was. And so on a completely different level, it opened up healing and connection just because I was curious about things that I had never put any interest in. I just really didn't think about it. I didn't know about it. You know, most of my, my great grandparents have passed and I thought that that was fucking phenomenal. It's really interesting how we don't understand fully that we don't know, um, when we don't know what our ancestors have gone through, we don't realize how little nuanced things like someone serving in the war and witnessing death and trauma and survival energy, how it can ripple out into four generations later. I mean, we don't, we're now understanding epigenetically that you can heal yourself epigenetically 14 generations behind you and in front of you. And that's the same thing with FCT. So there is a, a largely biological component to family constellation therapy and really ancestral healing. Um, what I love about FCT is that we really do address the energetic enmeshment and physical enmeshment that we find ourselves in and even emotional. So for me, somebody who can be very spiritual and yet very analytical, my friends sometimes joke, I have like a computer brain. It, it meets both of those spiritual and physical kind of requirements. I need to do something with healing. Yes. Okay. This is super cool. So two things, one, 14 generations in front of and 14 generations behind. I don't think that I have heard the word, the 14. I feel like I've always heard seven. So that's even more fucking mind blowing. 14. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. 14. I've heard seven also. I've heard, um, 
uh, I listened to a Huberman podcast and he said he had a geneticist on there and he said 14. And so I was like, okay, so it is 14. But yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And we don't realize that, but our DNA holds so much information. And what I love about the idea of epigenetics is that we are not stuck with the things our family gave us. Like, you know, you could say, well, you know, depression has run in my family for 17 generations. I'm just making up a number. Okay, well, you could be the person that changes that on a biological cellular DNA level by just addressing the depression itself and what caused it. And this, why are you suppressing the, suppressing the emotions? And what would it feel like to lean into feeling them in a safe way? Like those little nuanced things that we can do for our bodies and our minds can drastically affect our lineage. And it's, it's just the coolest thing ever because I struggled with depression for a long time. And I always thought, well, my one parent has it. So I guess I'm going to have it forever. It's like, that's not, you don't have to be stuck with these things. Yeah. And you know, I feel like for me, I energetically feel a lot of things and I know that my body picks up on the anxiety and the stress and the depression and the sadness and grief in particular. Grief is a giant one that I have experienced in my as my adult life, specifically as I've opened myself up more energetically. And I love that you talked about the analytical brain and also just your energetic soul self because my analytical brain is searching for or was searching for like, well, what does this grief mean and who does it come from and where is it? But the energetic part of it and the ancestral understanding for me is I know that I am transmuting grief from lifetime after lifetime of my ancestors, like all of the women in my maternal line who didn't feel safe to be in their bodies, who didn't feel safe to be in their sensuality, who didn't feel safe to express themselves, to use their voice. Even as I'm talking right now, I feel my throat chakra like talking to me. And once I started understanding that it wasn't me and that it wasn't something wrong with me, I started learning how to be okay with feeling the feelings and moving it out of my body, finding those safe ways to express, to move, finding healers that can support pulling those things out or like shifting them or just really allowing them to soften so that it didn't impact my daily life. And that was a game changer for me. You know, it's grief is, it, I had full body chills and tears in my eyes when you were saying that, cause I could, I could feel it right. Like it's, Grief is such a powerful, powerful emotion. And I think it's so, what gave me tears and the goosebumps is you can sense, you can intuitively feel that you're processing the grief for all of the women who could not process that grief. And that's a gift. It's, but it's hard, but it is, it's, it's, it speaks to how energetically entangled we can be with our families and we can carry their pain and call it our own. And if you don't do the work, which is the basis of FCT, if you don't get to the root cause of what the grief comes from, you will carry it all your life and call it your own. But you are a cycle breaker and you have said, I am identifying with this grief. I know it may not be mine to hold and I'm going to process it anyways. And you said something earlier, which I thought was profound. It's it's not just knowing your truth or knowing there's grief. It's about embodying what the healing is, embodying your truth, embodying the grief and letting it move through you. It reminds me of something I heard Brene Brown say, which is it's much scarier to think about facing your emotions rather than just feeling them, 
I, you know, facing them mm. and just moving through them. Yeah. And there's, a, there's always relief on the other side. Like every time I go to regulate my nervous system, I'm doing like a course right now from the workout, witch, and I'm always like, yeah. Oh, I don't want to do it. It's like 10 minutes. Oh, I, I don't want to do it. I get on the mat and I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Because the relief you have from moving through it is just, it's a whole embodied experience. So love that you said that. Oh, it's so, so, so good. I want to talk about something that you literally changed in my life. Like you completely called me. So I'm really big on languaging, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, I have to go to the gym. Like I get to go to the gym. I have to pay my taxes. I get to pay my taxes. Like I'm really big on being aware of the language that I'm using and how it is either supporting or not supporting what I want to create in my life. Do with my clients. Like it's a thing. However, you caught me in the most amazing phrase because I was like, I'm the black sheep. I've always felt like the black sheep. And I'm like, black sheep, black sheep, black sheep, black sheep, like on repeat. And you're like, Sam, what if you're not the black sheep? What if you are the cycle breaker? What if I am the chain breaker? And that was so fucking empowering. Like I have put it in my content. I have shared it with everyone I know because so many women I know feel like the outsider. They feel like the outcast in their family. They feel different. They feel misunderstood. And so I feel like black sheep feels very much like I don't belong and something's wrong with me versus when you brought in this, you're a cycle breaker. I felt like all of my power just like rushed back into my body. So I would love to hear you speak about this shift and and where that came from for you and like what you're working through with that, because it was profound for me. And I just, I want to hear your magic on it. So go for it, girl. Yeah. It's actually interesting because I didn't even realize that there was truly a difference in my eyes, um, around black sheep and cycle breaker until I started working with, um, an intuitive business coach, Nikki Norenberg, who I love. We actually we love Nikki. Her, right? Yeah. Nikki's how we yes, got connected. Love Nikki. <laughs> Yes. I adore her with literally my whole heart. So she was, you know, having me like work on some of my branding and all that. And she was like, you need to talk about black sheep, cycle breakers. And I just started going through this really like internal deep dive and having this dialogue with myself on, it feels like there's a difference. So I got to get curious about what the difference is. And I feel that the term cycle breaker gets really lost in translation and especially in social media, because I think that a lot of people like to use the term black sheep to, like you said, create difference with the family to um, it's almost like a shadowed protection. Like I'm the cycle breaker. It's almost like feels like it's fueled by a hate or an anger or a protection mechanism of like, you're over there and I'm over here. And I think there's so many misconceptions of that. I think when people, when I look at what people identify through social media as a, as a black sheep, I think of somebody who prides themselves on like hating their family or like blames their family for everything or over identifies as being a victim with ever, without ever like looking at what they're a victim of and healing the wound around that. Um, It's almost like a label that's used as escapism from the healing journey in some ways, like over identifying as like the black sheep. Um, I think it's, it's really easy to, um, to create separation with our family to protect our ego. And I think that that's where I started realizing if you identify as being a black sheep, that's okay. But let's, as you said, let's 
do the work to see that in that, what are some of the gifts and the healing that can occur for you so that you can flip that on its head and bring it into more of a light, more of a um, empowered word, which I believe is cycle breaker. And I think that a cycle breaker is someone that has the courage to ask important questions about the family, um, to understand, to lead with understanding, to radically sometimes accept their family and then know how to set boundaries with them. Because you can still love your family and have boundaries, right? Um, I think a cycle breaker is somebody who uses family, I'm going to say drama and tea trauma for inner growth. So recognizing what's happened and then realizing that you can evolve and grow from it. A cycle breaker, I think, is somebody who has the courage to say, this stuff happened and I'm not going to let that identify my story. I, I can see them. I can acknowledge what happened to them. I can honor them in their lives. But I'm going to go in this direction, not out of, like I said, hate or anger, but out of thank you for everything you went through. I'm going to go over here and I will honor and love your stories, but I'm not going to create my story off of that pain and that trauma. And um I think it's more powerful and healing to have the courage to face those scenarios that, you know, you could possibly say that your soul chose as family, right? It's more courageous to face them instead of running from it. And I think that running from it is that black sheep identity. Ugh, it's so good. I, I definitely resonate with that victim mentality versus the, what are the gifts for me? And I fully believe that our souls chose this. Like I, I will say that. I believe that my soul chose this body. It chose my parents. It chose, these are the hardships. These are the challenges that you're going to go through so that I can learn whatever it is I'm here to learn and really find my mission, find my soul's purpose and path. And I love what you said about just like taking that power back, going from victim to being empowered. And that's really what my work is about too. Like I, I am at the point where I'm, I don't have time. This might sound kind of bitchy, but it's like, I don't have time for the victim stories anymore. It's like not where I vibrate. And I used to, I very much used to. So I really understand it. It was, I think, a protection mechanism. It was a space that like, it felt comfortable. I feel like that's why it was taught. Um, and it's also probably why I'm like, I'm just not available for it anymore. It's really not how I choose to live my life, but it's challenging for people to flip that switch. And it's challenging to get out of the comfort zone. It's like, even if being a victim and being in this space feels uncomfortable and hard, people still tend to stay there because it's what they know. And so I'm curious for you, what do you think women specifically, because this podcast mostly women listen to, what do you think is holding most women back? Like, do you see patterns in your clients? I will tell you that the number one core wound that I see for most people, I'm going to include myself in this, is worthiness. I'll include myself. Not feeling good enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 All of us were, all of us were asked to be someone other than who we were supp supposed to, meant to, felt aligned for us to be, to fit in, to be accepted, to be loved, right? Like maybe you were a kid and you said, you know, mom, when I get older, I want to be a teacher. And your dad would say, teachers don't make enough money. They, you know, they, oh, okay, my, uh, what I want is not, it's not good enough. Okay. 
or maybe, you know, there was body image stuff. That was a lot in my family, body image and being smart enough, being successful enough. Cause I come from a, an entrepreneurial immigrant family who had to hustle their way to make money and have a name and be good enough. Right. And I honor that because I would, their souls chose a very unique purpose mm-hmm. on this life. And that is their journey. But I think that we have to get to a place where we feel, we feel good enough. I, you know, the, um, the medium, the channeler Bashar, have yeah. you heard of him before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He said, and I get, I get goosebumps when I talk about this. I say it three times in the morning and three times before bed. He said the most powerful affirmation you can make for yourself as a human being that will immediately shift your vibration is I am who I am. And that is enough. Mm. I am who I am. And that is enough. I mean, I have full body chills when I say it Mm. because it just validates that I can just be here in my mess, in my joy, in my figuring it out, in my confusion, in my good, my good and bad, whatever you want to label good and bad, I can be in it and it's okay. I don't have to be anybody different and I'm lovable just as I am. Oh, so powerful. I got chills when you said that too. I got chills when you said that. Yeah. I'm, um, training in this, um, priestess lineage right now. And we're, we're working with the great mother and, um, I haven't shared that on the podcast, so Hey, we'll just drop that in there. And the, the phrase that has been coming through that has been, you know, um, part of our learning is she says, there is nothing you can do to make me love you. And there is nothing you can do to make me not love you. I just Mm -hmm. love you. And I have chills again. And when I heard that, I i mean, the first time I just had tears in my eyes because it felt like this giant permissioning to simply be. And that's what I feel in that um, Bashar affirmation as well is just permission to be fully human. Like, what is that just to be human? To not have to do anything, to be anyone we're not, like, to me, that is freedom. Yeah. Wow. It's it's not only for freedom, it's also for me, permission. Yeah. When I tell myself I am who I am and that is enough, it gives me permission to just stop trying to be perfect, stop trying to people please, dissolve the need to be liked, to be significant, whatever my wounds are, right? My fear of rejection, my fear of not being good enough, my fear of neglect. It just gives me permission just like, you know what? Uh, I know I'm doing my best. I show up for myself every day. I do my work. I have a team of people I work with and I'm going to make mistakes and oops, oops. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, it's so fucking good. You also, you talked about liberation and finding the the message that people can find liberation in facing the things your family didn't face to connect to really who you are. I would love for you to speak on that liberation because sometimes, and Kat, I'm just going to be real. Sometimes, this is my personal opinion, and you may not agree with me, and that's totally cool because it's different. It might be different than your world, but sometimes I feel like in the healing space that we can get so like wrapped up in healing the trauma, healing the trauma, healing the trauma, that then we're not living our lives. 
And I do believe that there is 1000% a time and space for healing, like 1000%. And also I feel like sometimes we get so stuck in that healing cycle that we're not actually living. And so I am just curious. Well, number one, I'm curious about your thoughts on that. You can totally disagree with me, but also I would love for you to talk about liberation and what that means to you and what that looks like. I have a huge smile on my face. <laughs> I'm like, answer 800 questions right now. <laughs> I feel personally attacked. No, I'm just kidding. In the best way, in the best way. So when I got into FCT, it was during the pandemic. It was in 2020 and right around that time. And I was at the lowest place in my life. And basically to give you a synopsis, it was like, I don't feel like I have fulfillment. I don't feel like I have purpose. Um, My life looks really cool on the outside. My job looks really cool on the outside, but I feel zero anything going on in here. And if this is what it's like at 29, I don't want to know what it's like at 50. And I don't care to even think about if I'll be here at 70. It was very, very difficult. And so for me, I became obsessed with healing, obsessed with FCT, obsessed with it. Because it was the one thing I had to hold on to, to make sense that my life actually had a fucking purpose and that like I could, I could be here and I could take up space and it made me feel really, really good. And then I did a reading with someone and I got proverbially energetically slapped across the face and they were like, slow down, stop trying to heal so much. You're going to burn yourself out. You're literally going to kill yourself in the process. Like you have to just live your life and let yourself learn through living. And I resisted that for, I'm not even going to like play around. It was like a year and a half. I didn't, I was like, eh, nope, going to keep doing my thing. And then I moved to Colorado in July and I was, I was like, I can't plan anymore. I'm exhausted. I literally was burning myself out. And I was like, I, I really do have to learn what it is to be more embodied. My brain, because of my childhood is really good at thinking about things and analyzing things. And my therapist is always like, get in here. What does this say? And I'm like, this is disassociating. And this is disassociating. Like, I don't want to deal with it. But that is what, you know, when we're going on the healing journey, There is a process in my eyes and it is, you have this aha awakening moment. Then you go through the healing work and you start understanding things, but the real kind of full circle moment for healing something is when you can start embodying whatever it is around that thing. So I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you that we can only do so much processing up here. I'm in the process of healing something that I've been trying to heal for two years and I can't find my way through it because I keep trying to think my way through it. Well, this happened because of this. And I understand this because of this and this happened because of this. So this piecing all these things together, I'm driving myself nuts. And so now my journey is I have to go in here and ask this, okay, what is it? Why is the alarm going off? Why is my internal alarm going off right now? Oh, you're scared. You're scared. Okay, I'm scared. And then it completely dissolves. Instead of days where I'm like texting my best friend, like, I need to figure this out. I need to, and going with my therapist, it's like, just 
just, just, okay, you're scared. Okay. And there's nothing to heal after that because you've acknowledged what it is and you can move on from it. And you're like, okay, it doesn't have to kill me all day to be thinking about this. So yes, I went off on a tangent, but I completely agree with you. That was so good. Thank you for sharing that because I think that a lot of people, myself included, can really resonate with the being in the brain, but really knowing on some level that we need to be in the heart and the body. So do you have any specific tips or tools around getting out of that overactive brain and dropping down into the body? It's a, it's a journey I'm learning to be on right now. Yeah. It really is. I'm in it right now. Um, I'm doing this uh, release stress and trauma nervous system 30 day course from the workout, which I love, I love it. It forces me in, in the, it forces me in the most gentle way to just drop into myself and feel yeah. and be, yeah. feel safe having those feelings. For me personally, I have a tendency to um, thought spiral, to just spiral out of control in my thoughts. So a lot of times I have to regulate by going and working out, going on a walk, just distracting my, disrupting the energy, right? I have to disrupt Mm. the the spiral with a pause of some kind. And the pause is kind of always different. I have like a few go-tos, like put your hand on your heart, jump up and down, do your nervous system regulation. Usually it's just moving my body somehow. Um, And then also choosing not to feed into it. That's, that's, that's another one. Choosing not to whip out my phone and text my best friend and just go crazy on a voice note. Like just take a deep breath, put your hand on your heart. What am I feeling right now? I have a a note on my phone that says my alarm is telling me. So I put my hand on my heart and my alarm inside of me is saying, I feel scared. I feel unsafe. I don't feel good enough. And I just write it down. I just get it out. It's a, I think for me right now, it's just about disrupting the pattern of it. I think that's huge. What I'm hearing are two things, actually naming what it is that you're feeling. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is huge. It's like pulling whatever is underneath out to the surface to like, let it be here. And then what I'm also hearing is that you're letting it be there. You're not trying to fix it. You're not trying to shift it. You're not trying to change it, but you're simply calling it forth, naming it, and then choosing to move your body through it. And on a good day, on a good day. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. I mean, it is a process. And this is why I just love that you're talking about the body stuff too, because this has been a big part of my journey is again, that, that transition from very masculine, very brain focused space, which was supportive for a very long time. And it still is in certain ways to a more heart-based body-based soul-based, um, experience. And also energetically, I think that there's a really interesting thing that's happening here. You know, we all have heard that phrase, what you focus on grows. So when I go to pick up my phone and tell my best friend about the fight that I just had with my partner, and then I am talking about this thing that happened in my work or that, you know, we are perpetuating all of the feelings. And it's actually gotten to the point for me where I know now I can feel what it feels like in my body when I can allow it to be. And I also love to go for a walk or I love to put on a song and move my body and dance or like rage dance, sad dance, cry, whatever it is that my body's asking for. But I can feel the difference in my body there versus me spending 20 minutes bitching to my best friend on the phone. I don't feel good after that. I actually feel worse. And so I have gotten to the point where I will talk to my friend and I'm like, hey, 
I want to process this thing, but I know it's not going to make me feel any better. Can I have two minutes? I'm going to get it out of my system. And then let's make sure we really focus on what it is I desire. And in a mastermind that I'm in, this is really fun. We have gotten to the point where we're like, we don't even want to talk about the things that aren't going well. We're just going to say purple dinosaur. And whenever someone puts purple dinosaur in the chat, we're like, cool, what is it that you desire? How can we support you? And what is really cool about it is by like calling forth this purple dinosaur. First of all, it brings some lightness to it. It brings some levity, like, okay, purple dinosaur, like something's coming up. And then it acts as the pause for the brain that goes, okay, what is it that I desire to feel? And it's not really about bypassing it because a lot of times it's not about spiraling deeper, but it's just, okay, let me shift my focus what do I want to feel? I want to feel free. I want to feel peaceful. I want to feel safe. I want to feel calm. I want to feel grounded. What practice can I do now to start feeling safety, feeling grounding, feeling like I can hold myself? And so I love that little shift that I've been playing with this in the last couple months. And it's been really, really, really supportive. I think I'm going to add a new little segment to my notes about when my alarm's going off. I'm just going to add, okay, I'm scared. What do I desire? Because I think that kind of takes it a step further. So thanks for sharing that. I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's a journey. It's a process. I, yeah, I'll leave it at that. So I I want you to talk more about FCT because we have barely talked about it. We've talked about all these really amazing things. And I really want, I was trying to describe a session to a friend But I was like, I don't want to, number one, I don't want to give it away because you do some crazy shit in there that was so wild. I've never experienced a healing modality like this before. And I was like, is this really going to work? We're on Zoom. I don't know. I've got these pieces of paper. What is she talking about? And then my mind was blown. So I'm going to stop talking. And I would love for you to share whatever you feel called to share about what it is you actually do. I want to hear about your magic. Basically, family constellation therapy is a way to look at how we stay identified in family trauma from our lineage, and we carry that pain from the trauma, and we call it our own, and we believe that we should be carrying it because we we love our families, and we're dutiful, and we're good people, right? But sometimes the ways that we hold that pain and call it love is not actually love. It's the ways that we were taught that we should belong to our family. And so what FCT does is we go to the root cause of the pain, we address it, we acknowledge it, and then we restore order and hierarchy in the family. What I mean by that is that, um, and some people don't like order and hierarchy, right? But our world is, the spiritual world and our earth is based off of a hierarchy of some kind. You know, spiritually, you've got guides and you've got like different level guys and you've got different level guys and you've got, you know, and it goes up and up and then you've got God, right. Or whatever you want to believe in. There's always a hierarchy needed or order needed of some kind to create harmony. Right. And so that's what we're looking to create in your family system. And so you may be showing up, carrying your family's pain behind a bunch of people in front of you. And we want you to be in the front of your lineage, receiving all the love and the gifts and the magic and the purpose of you being here and not having to take up more space energetically, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, with someone else's stuff, right? And so when we talk about the papers, I know that can be a little confusing because we do a lot in two hours, 
But essentially, I have you, we, we work within a consciousness field. So it's a morphogenic field is the proper term. But the consciousness field is an all-knowing field, and it holds the information of our families of what's been said, what hasn't been said, what's happened, what hasn't happened. I mean, you name it, it holds it. It's a truth field. And so I have you open up the field with me. We call in your ancestors. Um, and I have you stand on pieces of paper that I have you number. And each paper represents something. It could be family. I've done chakras. I've done words like guilt or anger to see what's, you know, what's revolving around the family system. It's a very, it's very specifically tailored to you and your experience. And we talk about that before we get on the papers. And what I love about the papers, it's my favorite to be in the field and to watch people in the field because it's completely blind. So as you stand on the papers, you don't know what you're standing on. Only I do. So you have this really, really vulnerable and raw and magical experience of the pain and the experience that each person has in your family around the topic that we're healing, right? So if it's birth trauma, we're going to look at the women in the lineage. If it's money trauma, we're going to, you know, we're going to act, we're going to put papers accordingly to all of that. And then we do healing statements at the end. And I have you talk to each paper. And I believe that the higher self, the energy of that family member or thing is on that paper. And we, I channel healing statements and we're basically just healing the, the wound, healing the trauma, healing the enmeshment and freeing you, the client from carrying that pain. So one of the things I'll have people say to the papers is I can no longer carry this pain and trauma and call it my own. Thank you for taking back this pain and trauma. And the purpose of that is not to be like, Ugh, take it. It's not mine. It's to say, I can't carry this for you anymore. It's not my role. My role is to help us move forward towards love and healing. So I'm going to give you this back with love. I'm going to thank you for being a part of giving me life. I'm going to turn in the other direction and face forward. And I'm going to call in all the things I'm ready to call in. And I'm giving it back because I know that things can be different. And I want our lineage to experience things differently. So that's what Cycle Breaker is. That's really the empowered role of what you're doing. Oh, that was so good. Now, as someone who has had a session, I'm like, yes, 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 and yes. And from my experience, what I loved, and you spoke to this earlier, and I'm just going to bring it back again, is that it supported my analytical brain that wanted to understand things. And it also spoke to my soul and my body and my heart space. And so I think that that's really important because sometimes healing is really just energetic in in the body. Sometimes it's really just through the brain. And this modality is, again, something I've never experienced. And it really was a beautiful marriage of the two. And your guidance was incredible. And it was scary. I remember stepping on like one of the papers and you're like, well, how, like, I forget the question exactly you asked, but essentially it was like, what was I experiencing or how was I feeling on it? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be stepping on it. I feel, you know, and then the next paper, I'm like, I just want to get off of this paper. I don't, there's something I'm against. I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And I didn't know what was happening at all whatsoever. And you just like held the space. And then all of a sudden at the end, it all came together. It was like, whoa, this is so, so cool. It's so cool. Well, because what we're doing on those papers is we're literally showing you the energetic imprint of what's happening in your family. And it's literally showing you, okay, Sam, you want, I'm just going to throw out a random example. You want more money. Let's just say everyone wants more sure, money, right? Yeah, so I'm in. You want more money. When you put the papers down, I don't tell you how to put the papers down. You yep. put them down intuitively. You take the logic mind out. You're, you're functioning on an intuitive level, right? And so let's just say you put your paper all the way in the back 
and you've got mom and dad and your grandma up front. What that shows me is that you don't even have the chance to be in the front of the lineage because grandma's trauma, mom's trauma, and dad's trauma around money is the energetic imprint of what's keeping you stuck. So we have to step on each paper, understand the experience of each paper, bring compassion into the, into understanding you're literally stepping into their shoes. And then at the end, I put you in the front because that's where you're supposed to be. Mm. And eight times out of 10, people will be like, I don't like being up here. It's really uncomfortable. And I'm like, it's okay. It's your first time being up here. It's your first time being in the front of your lineage. Yeah, you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Of course, it's going to feel uncomfortable. But you have to keep coming back to this work, whether it's FCT or whether it's another healing modality that calls to you to keep reminding yourself that you're worthy of being up here. You're supposed to be up here. Yes, your soul chose to come in this family and blah, 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 blah. But you're also here to be in this human body. Your soul chose this human body to experience love, growth, and evolution on the human earth plane. That's the point. So we want you. It's okay that you started here. Let's move you here. Let's give you that growth and that evolution and that love to be who you're meant to be. You don't have to carry everyone's pain. You're not a martyr. And and I want to touch on something you said earlier about the victim thing. I, I have a very unpopular opinion that being a victim on your journey is kind of necessary at some point. It's kind of like you, you, are, were, you, you were a victim of narcissistic abuse. You were a victim of physical abuse, whatever. You, you were a victim of insert the thing. Sure. You said something so beautifully, which is there has to be a switch mm. where you recognize and you understand and you heal that victim part of you, but then you realize that you are meant for so much more. You're stronger, more empowered, more filled with love, more capable and more worthy than just staying in that low vibration place. As I said, you're meant to grow and see your potential. And sometimes the ancestral journey, we have to kind of take off what's not ours to do that. Oh, that was so good. I'm going to have to re-listen to that about five times. (laughs) I have three questions coming up. I'm writing them down. First question (laughs) is what advice or guidance do you have for parents that are raising children and don't want to pass down their shit or want to be able to support their babies or their future babies? Hi, just me, future babies in being able to be the front of the lineage. What what can we do? Get curious. The number one thing that I'll say is none of us had perfect childhoods. None of us did. But when you when you start by looking at your childhood and getting really honest with yourself and saying this is what I experienced and I needed this. You know, not bypassing our experience by saying, "Well, I I'm fine. I turned out fine. I just posted about this on Instagram today." It's like a hard truth. Well, well I was, you know, we hear our parents say, "Well, I was physically abused and I turned out fine." Yes, but one didn't deserve that. And two, sure, you may be fine, but where are the other ways that your life is suffering as a result of that? And you don't want to be in survival mode your whole life. So so I kind of went on a tangent, but first, look at your inner child experience. What did you need more of? Then look at your current life experience. Are you feeling blocked in any way? Are you feeling like you want to have the baby and it's not coming for some reason? You Are you feeling like you want to manifest that dream career and it hasn't happened for you yet? There may be, very well maybe, an ancestral belief, um, behavior, or set of beliefs that you're carrying. 
that you could track back for multiple generations that everybody has done it this way, right? And so doing your own work is the place to start. Because as a parent, you know, I had someone uh, when I first started doing FCT, it was a colleague at um, a business I used to work at. And he came to me and he said, my daughter is really struggling with her weight and she's 16 and, you know, we're, my wife and I don't know what to do. And, you know, I know she's young, but maybe she can do this work. And he said, what do you recommend? And I said, you and your wife come to me. Ooh. You and your wife have to do your work before your daughter comes and sees me. And maybe your daughter and I will work together. I never heard from him. Mm. Never heard from him. Because people are afraid. They're afraid to look at the pain, but that's where it starts. So you have to be courageous enough to just lean in a little bit and find someone who can hold the space for you to lean in. I always tell people, we're going to move as fast as your slowest part. And that's all we'll do. And if that means you come back five different times, great. I'll see you for the next four sessions, five sessions. doesn't matter. But I'm not going to force you to be six months ahead of time when right now you can barely handle crying on a paper. I'm not going to force you to do that. Mm. That's that's irresponsible for me to do. So I think it's just about starting there. And I know that's a big place to start, but that's where most of us start. Yeah, no, that was so good. Actually, another one of my intuitive healers works a lot with children and specifically very open and intuitive children. And normally the parents will come to her because their kid is quote unquote acting up or their kid is quote unquote doing X, Y, Z. And she, you know, first of all, she's incredibly intuitive. She can feel, see all of the things. And she's like, okay, I hear you. And what's going on in your life? And she will also say that they have to come in for a family session first. And then a lot of times it will be like, okay, dad, let's look at the unhealed trauma and things that you haven't looked at. Let's look at this. And as soon as they start to work on those things, the child's experience is very different. And what she also told me is that a lot of times those parents never come back. And I really want to honor that because you and I are in this space where we're like healing. I'm diving in. I'm so excited. What can I learn about myself? How can I, you know, feel all these things and see all these things? And I also understand that it can be scary as fuck. And again, it's inviting you into going against what your family may have always done. If your family isn't open, if you don't talk about feelings, if we push everything under the rug, like it can be very confronting and you're stepping into the experience of being that cycle breaker. And so I know that there's multiple levels of it, but I just like geek out on it because it's fascinating to me. It's so fascinating. I have to tell you that one of the things we look at in FCT is how we bond and belong to our family. So I'll give you a very extreme example, but you can put this in for anything. If the, if you come from a family of addicts and you're the fifth generation who's, who struggled with addiction and finally says, I'm, I'm going to get clean and sober and I'm not going to be an addict anymore. Because so many people have identified with being an addict in the family for so long, that's how everybody is, right? Even if it's not good for us, it's like, well, you know, everybody struggled with addiction somehow, right? That person who chooses to get clean and sober may hold a fear that they will no longer be loved by their family. It could be deeply subconscious and unconscious, but there is a fear that if they do things differently, that they will no longer be worthy or lovable or good enough or that they will be excommunicated from their family, whatever it is. Yeah. Things like 
emotionally, being emotionally available for yourself. If you did not come from a family where things were emotionally available, that will feel so deeply uncomfortable for you. Because if you go back 10 generations, nobody's been emotionally available. So why would you do it differently? It's so primal in us that when I first started doing FCT sessions for people, it was very difficult for me to have the courage to tell people these things because it's so deeply primal that people would get very uncomfortable with it. And I would get uncomfortable sure. with it, but now it is the truth. If you are not willing to face those parts of you, let's just put it this way. Let's, let's make it a positive. If you are willing to look at the ways that you have stayed in connection with your family, you may be different than your family. You may realize that you want to do things differently. And it's about giving your per- yourself permission to say, okay, if this is what I deeply want, I'm going to give myself permission to see things and do things differently. But how many of us, including parents, you know, they're on their first, third, fifth kid, they've got a job, they've got a marriage, they've got a house, they've got a mortgage, they've got this, that. Why would I make time for something like that? Yeah. It's, a, it's a personal choice and it's not easy. Yeah. I, I did a lot of work around that, around my money and what was coming up for me again, subconsciously, not consciously at all was not if I was to be wildly successful and make more money than everyone in my family, I had this subconscious fear that I would be disconnected from them. And so I would fall into these cycles of self-sabotage to come back down so I could really bond over the like, it's hard and things are expensive and it's life is tough and we got to bust our ass to make a couple pennies. And that's, you know, all of the languaging, even though I had done all the mindset work around money, so much work around money, it was still the subconscious belief that I I wasn't going to be accepted and I wasn't going to be able to connect with them. And deep down, we're, we're rooted or we're rooted. We are programmed to to connect. That is like our survival mechanism. We have to be part of the tribe in order to survive. And so I really resonated. I think it was a great example because so many of us, ha- I think everyone has it. I, everyone has it to some degree. I, I would assume you'd agree, but correct me if I'm wrong. We yeah. all have that. Yeah. And so it's just a matter of saying like, okay, do we want to continue again? Do we want to continue these patterns or are we ready to really choose something different? And it it takes so much courage. And I really want to acknowledge you for your courage in choosing your own healing, in stepping into this work, in allowing yourself to be that fearless healer. Even just what you were speaking into of like having that like fear around, can I say this? Can I not? It's uncomfortable. But you really choosing the highest good for everyone involved and being on this path because you are doing incredible work. You are changing people's lives and not only their lives, but I just imagine that ripple effect of the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. So I feel like it's such an honor to know you, to have worked with you. I'm like, shoot, I think I got to schedule another session. Um, (laughs) We can totally do that. We can totally do that. Um, But there was one more question. And then I know that we're we're like at time, but you've talked a lot about um, those like intuitive feelings and the energy in the session. And I am curious for people that don't necessarily identify as intuitive or open to energy, does this still work? And what would you say to that person? So what you're having when you stand on a piece of paper is a felt sense experience. 
It doesn't have to be labeled as intuitive and we don't even have to use the word channel. You're literally just standing on a piece of paper and you're feeling emotions and you're experiencing physical things that are happening in your body, like swaying in a circle or being pulled to one side or wanting to sit on the ground. All of those things mean something. And I get to be the director in the back, kind of like writing things and like making notes, but you're really the one that's embodying this felt sense in your body that, okay, you're standing on a paper and all of a sudden you feel sad, right? Or you feel like, oh, I don't really like paper number three. It makes me uncomfortable or you know, paper number four, I just feel like I want to be closer to it. You know, you, it's kind of this just like inner knowing your inner feelings, right? So you don't have to be intuitive. Um, I believe we all are at our core. I believe that the solic nature of who we are is intuitive, right? Um, We come into a different kind of energy when we're on earth. And so navigating that can be difficult. Some people get on papers, they don't feel any emotions, but their body will tell me the emotions. So itchiness, if you feel itchiness on a paper, that shows me anger. So you, it doesn't always come out as emotions. I have some clients that never feel emotions, but their bodies will tell me exactly what's happening. Cool. Or there's some people who get on papers and will just sob crying and have no physical experience. And I'm just like, okay, so there's a lot of sadness and grief here. And maybe there's some loss. Like, it's important for me to be intuitive, but the client doesn't always have to be this very intuitive person. It's, it's just kind of, thank you. Yeah. So yeah. It's just their own thing. Yeah. 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 And honestly, I'm going to say my friends, if you were listening to this podcast, you probably are because like attracts like, and we have been on this opening journey for many years. And I'm just going to say that if you're listening, it's within you, babe, like you are, and we get to just like be soft and open to what gifts are available for you. Whoo. Okay. Kat, we're at time, but I want to ask you one last question. Is there anything that we haven't covered today that you're like, I really feel that this gets to come through? I always end, people always ask me that at the end of podcasts. And I always tell people that no matter where you are in your life and you desire something different, that desire is in your heart for a reason. I like to think that it's the future you and the energy of what you're really here to experience is calling to you through your heart. You're worth the work. You're worth the energy. You're worth worth the investment. And if anyone has ever made you feel that you are not worthy of that, bring that to a session because I want to give you the liberation and the freedom to know that you are worth every single moment and dollar and experience that you have to become more in tune with yourself because we need you. If you're here on earth, you have a purpose, whether it's small, whether it's big, whether it looks like being, you know, a stay-at-home mom that, you know, society looks down on, which is like the most important role in so many ways, right? Or whether it's like another thing, right? Like I'm just throwing out, like whatever that purpose is, you're in, you're a soul in a body because your soul found a need to be here and to be on this planet at this time. So you have to just believe in that. Mm, I have full body chills right now, like full body chills. So fucking good. Kat, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? It's simple. It's on Instagram, cat uh, underscore Dow. And then also my website, catdow.com. And we're going to spell Dow, D-A-O-U. And we'll sh- link it in the show notes and share it on Instagram and all the things. 
My friends, if you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us if you shared it with a friend, if you saved it, if you subscribed, if you just share it on social media. I really, really believe in the power of these conversations, and it is my mission to raise the vibration of the planet and specifically women. So I know that this conversation is going to support someone. It would mean so much to me and to us if you would share it so we can be in this mission together. Have the best day and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day and I'll see you next time.